everyone, it's Jenny here and welcome to Oh It's Cancer. Now, it's been quite some time since the last podcast and frankly, a lot has happened in the past six months. Treatment ended, yay. Lockdown came and went, hooray. And now we're on the countdown to Christmas. But before we launch into today's podcast, let's say hello to our special guests that are joining me today. I have Liana and Anna here, two of my breasties. Hi, ladies. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for coming over. Uh, Now, I have to say that meeting you ladies was a massive upside to the whole cancer situation. And quite frankly, the support that you've both provided me along the way has been amazing. So thank you. And I hope that in some small way, I've been able to do the same for you. Now, before we learn more about these two legends, I wanted to share with you some of the topics that we will cover in today's podcast, which is all about life after cancer which seems so far to be this ever-evolving phase with about as many twists and turns as the treatment itself, albeit very different challenges. So today we will touch on the adjustment into this next phase after treatment ends, some of the side effects that can pop up after treatment like lymphedema, surgery, aches and pains that seem to hang around, brain fog and, of course, the psychological aspects of these side effects, menopause, sex and periods, Uh, and the social aspect of transitioning out of treatment and then back into normal life or whatever you want to call it, not sure really. Uh, I realise that some of these are really big topics and we wanted to give some space for discussion in, I suppose, real and practical terms about how things have looked and felt for us. So what I don't anticipate is that we'll be able to go too deep on any one aspect and certainly the three of us are still fairly early in our post-cancer experiences, so I'd expect that our views and experiences on each of these items are going to evolve over time. Maybe we can record another podcast in 10 years and see how we feel. Now, enough from me. Let's hear from my guests today. So, Anna, hello, you're up first. Tell us a bit about you and your cancer journey. Thanks, Jenny. So, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for letting me be part of this. Um, So, where do I start about myself? Well, I'm just your typical 40-something professional. Um, I love to travel, have a strong appreciation for good food and wine, and I like to stay active by going to Orange Theory and more recently um, also Pilates, which I think both of you have had a strong influence in. Um, I was diagnosed just after my 40th birthday with HER2 positive breast cancer. Thankfully, I caught it at its very early stages, but still I had to go through chemotherapy, radiation, a lumpectomy, and because my cancer was HER2 positive, I was also treated with Herceptin and Pergetta. Um, like you, I was lucky to have been cared for by Dr. Sydney, Cindy Mack, who is just the, you know, I think we all agree, the ultimate boss lady, um, and the amazing team down at the Lifehouse. And I was actually thinking about how we met each other the other day, and I think we actually slid into each other's DMs yes. <laughs> through Dr. Mack's Insta. Um, I'm a year ahead of you, and I, have, I may have responded to one of your comments yes. on Dr. Mack's posts, and I guess the rest is history, as they say. I remember when we had our first coffee at Tram Sheds. Yes. It kind of like some kind of it's like a friend first date. date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do I wear? What do we talk about? <laughs> Oh, thank you. And gosh, what has it been now? Like over a year, year and a half maybe since we met? Yeah. Yeah. What have been? two years. My gosh. Yeah, it's that been is a really time. scary. <laughs> it's been through the whole of COVID. And you happen to live just down the road as well. We live down, yeah. Very convenient. Far. Yes. Did a lot of walks during COVID? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Try and walk, walk off that we, wine. Yeah, we walked <laughs> off the wine, the food. Yeah. Well, we tried. We tried, yes. And to my right here, I have Liana. Now, Liana, tell us, what's your story? 
Hi, Jenny. Hi, Anna. Um, so I was diagnosed when I was 38. I just turned 38, actually. I was diagnosed with ERPR positive, HER2 negative. Um, same sort of treatment type as the um, as Anna and Jenny. So um, chemo, radiation, surgery. Um, I had a lumpectomy as well. Um, it's been about a year now since I finished treatment. Yay. Yay. Um, but we will delve into the, the, the after effects after that. Um, I have two small kids, which also made, made this whole journey experience a little bit different, I guess, um, in, in, a, in a bad in one way, but good in another, because it sort of forced me to, to keep going and to not give up. And um, yeah, because I had them to look after, obviously. Mm. Um, how did we meet? We met probably through Instagram yeah. as well, I think. I think I messaged you actually because, um, yeah, we've got Dr. Cindy Mack in common. We've also got an oncologist in common, which is great. Um, and, yeah, we also had a coffee at Tram Sheds, I yes. think, to, as our first date. Must be Jenny's spot. <laughs> I know. It is actually. Yes, and we had a lovely selfie with hardly any I hair. I remembering that, yeah. Hardly any hair. Um, and it was yeah. like a centimetre or two long for that's, both of us. That's right. And, yes, mine was mine came back grey, which was very weird. I, that's right. I had grey short hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we just kind of bonded over that. it was that. cold. It was I cold. We bonded over our love of Cardi B music. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then ever since yeah. we've just been supporting each yeah, other, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's been good. And and you're the one that dragged me back into Pilates, I which did. I'm absolutely obsessed with, as <laughs> most of you know. So thank you. Although I have abandoned you at the original studio. Yes, I don't forgive Sorry. you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. So here we are, three women who have formed a friendship during COVID. And off the basis of breast cancer. What a world that we live in. Now, Anna, you are a little bit further along in your life after cancer than uh, Liana and I. In fact, as I recall, you're exactly one year and two days ahead of me. And I know that as a fellow Virgo, you'll really appreciate that detail. <laughs> when did you actually finish treatment? Yeah, so I think I, act I actually finished treatment oh, officially. It would have been February last year. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I had my last round of Herceptin. Yeah. So um, I think I had to do about 16 rounds of that. So yeah. it took a while to get through it. But, yeah, February last year. Gosh. it's Yeah, it seems like so long ago, but it really isn't. And I remember, and you, you just mentioned before as well, that you were pretty fit and active throughout yep. treatment. So what did you actually do and how did you keep going? Because <laughs> I remember how tired you get during treatment. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say, so before treatment, I wouldn't say I was an athlete, but I did stay fit and active um, with HIIT classes and I used to run about three times a week. Um, and during treatment, I continued to sort of do that and keep moving and found that it helped alleviate a lot of the um, side effects, in mm -hmm. particular fatigue. Um, but more imp importantly, I think it helped to support me mentally. Mm. Um, I had this like ritual, actually. So on the day of um, chemotherapy, I made sure I did a class. Yeah. Um, and straight after the chemotherapy, I made sure I walked. Mm. Um, and I think it was because I knew that that would be sort of the best that I would feel for the next exactly. couple of weeks. And it really got me ready to take on the chemotherapy that day. Mm. So it's the one piece of advice I give everyone now that's, Absolutely. that's going through it. Um, so yeah, on good days, you know, I'd smash a class on not so good days. I'd do a walk. Um, and I think the sense of community that you get and the support network that you get from being, you know, part of a community um, really helped throughout mm -hmm. the process. 
I love that. And I think it's so important, as you said, not just to manage the side effects from a physical perspective, but also to hype yourself up mentally. I remember I was also doing, you know, weights and and walking a lot um, at the start of treatment. And then as treatment went on, I was exhausted. Yes. But knowing that, hey, at least I've done a walk today, I felt like I'd achieved something. It was in my control. Yes. It was the one, yeah, it was one thing that you had control of. Um, And yeah, you did feel like you achieved something and it felt, it brought a bit of normalcy back in your day. So... So, yes, exercise, moving. I'm not going back to Orange Theory (laughs) with you, by the way. That's horrific. Liana still has to come. (laughs) Exactly. And how long do you reckon it took to feel, I guess, a bit more human again after treatment ended? Um, I had to think about this and I think it's a hard one to answer because even now I don't think my body has fully recovered. Mm. Um, When you're going through treatment, you know, you're very much in – what I like to call battle mode. Mm. So I was very focused on throwing everything in my control to beat the disease, whether that be educating myself on all the treatment options or attending the many, I emphasize many (laughs) appointments that you're suddenly, suddenly in your schedule from scans, blood tests, doctor's appointments, then all your therapy sessions. And for me, I also leaned on acupuncture and other Mm. sort of complementary therapies. Um, So in many ways during the process, you're, you're distracted from the physical impacts. Um, and it wasn't until after active treatment when everything slowed down that my body started to realize, well, what did I just put it through? Um, and I, I also struggled, um, probably much more mentally post-treatment, um, for me, the fear of recurrence Mm. and the realization that, you know, nothing's going to go back to the old, old, um, sort of to my old life. Mm. Um, was really was really challenging. So, mm. um, yeah, I th- I, it's hard to answer because yeah. I think, um, you know, um, yeah, you, there's like long-term side effects that you continue to manage. Absolutely. And, and I think we'll touch on that in a moment. I know that, you know, one aspect that I'm really keen to hear from you both on is this whole, you know, perception of others, you know, once you started looking mm. healthier again. So we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I know in terms of my own experience, how long did it take me to feel human again after treatment ended? Well, I'm still working on that, frankly. I thought I was good after radiation had ended. (laughs) Turns out uh, Herceptin was still having an impact on my body. So I only finished treatment at the end of March this year. And I remember even two weeks after I stopped taking Herceptin, I I felt like I lost a couple of kilos. Not that I'd even realised that I needed to, but my body just started changing quite quickly. And now as we head towards the end of the year and I'm survived lockdown, back in Pilates, doing a couple of sessions of weights at the gym, you know, nothing too hardcore. I feel like I'm, again, improving, um, which is actually really pleasing progress to be able to notice within yourself. How about you, Liana? What did you notice in terms of side effects from treatment? Look, for me, one of the biggest was the brain fog, actually. Mm. I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just found, you know, I would forget simple words. I would forget, mm. like I would be talking to someone and I would forget the word for, for table yeah. or whatever it might be. And I just felt so horrible. Like I thought, is this going to be my life now forever that I'm just, mm. I can't hold a simple conversation anymore. Mm. For me, it was that, um, yeah, probably the biggest thing, but then also the physical stuff, you know, I had surgery site pain, mm. which I still have now, um, the tightness in my arm. Like I feel it when I go to Pilates, I feel that side is always 
weaker than my other, you know, my other side. And is that in that underarm region? Yes, the underarm. Yeah, and also, you know, if you if I go to sleep and I put my arm up, or if I lift a weight, or if I anything like that, I, it's a constant reminder mm. that I've had surgery there. Um, so there's that. Um, I also did have a bit of lymphedema, which I had to go to the lymphedema oh, clinic gosh, for. Right. Yeah, because my fingers actually swelled up on that arm, and mm. I thought, oh no, I'm, it's going to be full blown lymphedema. They were a bit worried about it. But it didn't, it didn't. So I wore the sleeve here and there, not as much as I should have, um, but it's kind of gone away. But I still, when I wake up in the morning, my hands are really tight. My hand, really? Sorry, my hand on that side is really tight. Yeah. So I have to sort of move it around and do a bit of exercise um, to do with that. But for me, um, treatment ended in October last year and now I am back on Zolodex monthly because... The grade that I had, my oncologist has said, is basically there's a higher chance of recurrence for me. Mm. So now that he say, said to me, basically, if your periods return, which they ended up returning, we'll have to stop them again. So I'm back on Zolodex and that's a whole new lot of side effects again. And what does that look like for you? So for me, I it's oh, constant hot flushes to the point where I will literally go and stand in front of the fridge to cool down. <laughs> you do have rosy cheeks right now. I do. I'm, I am I am actually boiling. Yeah. I am boiling. Um, yeah, you're sitting here in a T-shirt. Yes. And we are both a little Rubbed bit more warm yes. dressed. So I'm always hot. I literally had to go buy a fan for my bedroom. <laughs> it's like a it's arctic in there, but I love it. Um, so at that and um, insomnia is mm. another one. So I basically have a lot of trouble sleeping. Um that's probably the two main and also joint pain, which... Oh, that's come back, has it? Joint pain, uh, yeah, it's come back. So, because I already had some back problems and this is just ex- exacerbated and mm. made it a little bit worse. Um, so, yeah, that's probably what me. What a bundle of joy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really pleased that for all of us, and we probably should have said this at the start, actually, that we all got the all clear um, yes. in terms of successful surgery and successful treatment, which I'm super grateful for. Um, and I know that you have experienced the whole brain fog thing. It's something that we've talked about many times on our bay walks and over a few glasses of wine. What's it felt like for you? And how would you actually describe brain fog to someone who is not familiar with it? Yeah, so yes, I've definitely complained to you about my brain fog multiple times. Um, I think the best way to describe I think Liana described it um, quite well. It's, it's the feeling of just like losing your train of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for me, and I'm a fellow Virgo, like you said <laughs> at the beginning, so I have a tendency to be a perfectionist. I pride myself on being able to think on my feet and multitask. Um, and so to suddenly sort of lose my train of thought, forget names, mm. forget words in the mid, in sort of mid-sentence mm. um, and just take a little longer to do things than what I'm used to, mm. even though everyone tells me that, you know, they haven't noticed and... Um, you know, I haven't taken longer, but I myself, because mm. I'm experiencing it, I, I know, and it's really impacted my confidence mm. and, and my self-esteem. So, um, it's got better, mm. but I still, I'm still conscious of it. Um, and you know, I've just, um, sort of picked up, you know, little things that I do to sort of manage it. So, you know, and make sure I get rest. Um, I make a to-do list now, like mm. a very detailed oh, one. I so this. I don't... <laughs> I don't forget things, um, you know, and, and some, and some, some, a lot of it's just accepting, I mm. think, um, and accepting the fact that, you know, maybe, um, 
you know, you just need to sort of take the time to do things now and exactly. um, and not being so hard on myself when I lose my train of thought because, mm. you know, no one probably even realises you exactly. have. So, um, and it's letting go of my Virgo in mm. me, I think. Oh. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's, that's brain fog and I can definitely sort of echo Liana in terms of the tightness. I still have that. So, mm. you know, it's not so bad. I just manage it through massage. Mm which is good in other ways as well, yeah. like, you know, helps me relax. Um, and Pilates has definitely helped. Mm. So good, isn't it? Yeah, I love Pilates now. You've oh. converted me. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> remember when I started going to Dulwich Hill with you and I remember looking across at Liana during some exercises where everyone else was able to lift their arm right up and, <laughs> you know, and, we're like and we were struggling just <laughs> laughing with each other going, <laughs> And at the start of the class, they say, does anyone have any health issues that we need to know about? Hands and up. Liana and I would just start laughing <laughs> as a response. It's like, Where do we start? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it all we can. Yeah, so I, I think I can definitely relate to what both of you are saying. So in terms of the physical side effects and also the whole brain fog thing. So I personally still do have tightness underarm, you know, in my underarm kind of area where the lymph nodes were removed. And it wasn't that bad after surgery, I have to say. I was actually quite surprised at how quick the recovery after surgery was, which is fantastic. Um, I actually noticed it kind of tighten up a bit over time and some days it's worse than others. Um, I think it also has something to do with um, the fact that that's the area where the radiation was applied as well. I'm not sure, you know, what the best technical way to describe that is, but that's basically the, the, the layman's terms that I understand. Um, and I usually notice, you know, the, the sensitivity or sometimes even the tightness if I'm trying to lean on my arm when I'm sleeping at night, um, even if I'm lying on the couch watching <laughs> many hours of Netflix. Um, and definitely when I'm at the gym and Pilates doing particular types of exercises um, and I do similar things to you. So in particular, stretching it every single day and just trying to work on my overall fitness. Um, it, it doesn't bother me as much now than it did, say, six months ago. Um, I was really hung up on it. I thought I was going backwards in terms of my progress, but I've just keep reminding myself that there's always, you know, a bit of progress and then a few steps back and then a few more forward and it, letting it go like that has, yeah. I, mm. I think, helped. Uh, the brain fog, <laughs> that's been an interesting one for me too. And, you know, just like you were saying, Anna, sometimes it makes me feel really upset or even frustrated. Um, I've had a few moments in meetings or, or, as you say, simple conversations where I'll just be right into a topic really passionately speaking about whatever it is um, and then all of a sudden I'll completely lose my train of thought and I'll be lost. Um, you know, I, I remember thinking, well, I'm sure this is probably happening to other people. So, for example, maybe they're just tired and, you know, they lose their train of thought. But for me, because I knew it was cancer-related, it really bothered me and I felt really self-conscious. Yeah. I used to beat myself up about it. I felt really embarrassed and I'd be cringing inside my own head. But as you say, there's not really a lot that you can do about it other than just looking after yourself writing your, your lists and your notes and making sure that you're as prepared as possible um, so that you are as coherent in as, as you need to be in the moments that matter. Um, hopefully that one does pass and it's certainly not anywhere near as bad as it was even six months ago. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen an improvement. Yeah. Yeah, so. Thank goodness. So, thank goodness, yes, because now I sound. We haven't lost yeah, it yet. Yeah, we haven't lost it yet. <laughs> I, I just remember as well, and, you know, now that you mentioned Zolodex, I was actually, uh, yeah, gosh, Zolodex. A lot of side effects. So for those of you who aren't familiar, Zolodex, which is what Liana was mentioning before, it's an implant injection. 
um, which is administered to some people, you know, during chemo or in Liana's case after chemo as well to effectively put your ovaries to sleep and basically protect them while the drugs are killing everything inside your body, but including those cancer cells. Um, now, with your ovaries asleep, this, of course, means no period, um, which, you know, you might be thinking, yay, no period, but it actually brings with it a whole bunch of other side effects, which can be in some cases quite nasty. Uh, and you're effectively in an induced menopause, which as I'm going to call us all young women, <laughs> not sure we can pass us in our 20s anymore, but we're still young. Um, you know, that's not an ideal situation to be in. And for me, it was the hot flushes that were really awful. I'd use the word putrid. Uh, they were frequent. Um, I remember even having to wear different types of clothes to work or out of the house because I was sweating so much. I don't want to dwell on this too much because I feel like I've probably talked about it before. Uh, one of the less talked about things that I experienced, and I wish that I'd been more prepared for this side effect, was a definite change in the lady region, shall we say. Um, I remember, and I don't know if you two experienced this as well, but I experienced a lot of pain, um, extreme sensitivity. Uh, my sex drive was gone, which is, I guess, understandable given that you've been pumped full of drugs during treatment and, you know, Sex is probably the last thing on your mind when you're trying to stay alive. Uh, but there was really a long time where I wondered if I would ever have a sexual urge again. It was just so foreign to me at that point of time for quite a while that I just I just didn't know myself. Great news is that things have returned to normal. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, and my periods <laughs> did end up coming back. Did you guys experience any of these sorts of things and did your period come back? Yeah, I definitely experienced all of that and hot flushes, I think, they were just so awful and a lot of it's because you just couldn't do anything about it. Mm. You just had to sit in it mm. and, That's so true. and let it pass and um, sometimes it would happen in the most awkward situations like yeah. on a bus yeah. <laughs> or in your office So, um, and the Zolodex injection, yeah, no, they were terrible. Yeah. Not because they were painful but because of the size of the injection yeah. and that awful click. Yeah, you're waiting for it. <laughs> you're waiting for the click to come through. Um, yeah, and so my periods, I yes, they did also come back yes. um, so about six months after chemo yeah. ended, um, which I complain a lot about, as you yes. know, Jenny, on our walks. Yes, but at we the end of the day, about yes, <laughs> at the end of the day, Sorry, I'm still <laughs> happy that I got them back. So, exactly. so yeah, so yes. Yes, 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 and yes. yes. <laughs> all of that. Yay, all of the above. All of the above. Aren't we lucky? I know. <laughs> Life's so good. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do you think there was any changes or any differences in what you experienced with Zolodex the first time around versus this time? Um, oh, look, I feel the first time around because I was getting chemo and all of that as well, oh, yeah. it probably would have been a little bit worse, I would say, just a bit more extreme, just because of all the other drugs that were in my body at the same time. Yeah. Um, I feel now it's almost like my body is fighting itself because the Zolodex has put my ovaries to sleep and then my body's going, but you're supposed to have a period. You're mm -hmm. supposed to be, you know, normal basically. Yeah. So I don't know, like the, the difference I guess is just that, but it doesn't make it any better. Mm. <laughs> it's still horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as for everything else, everything that you said, basically the same. Mm. It took a while. Um, like you said, you know, sex and all of that, it's the last thing on your mind while you're yeah. during chemo and yeah. everything and definitely took a while. Um, but, yeah, like I feel like things are getting, you know, back to normal in that sense. But 
the Zolodex does kind of disrupt that as well. It does. Definitely. Definitely. I yep. actually laughed to myself thinking that I actually got back on Tinder during radiation. It's like, what was I thinking? But I did. I was like, I may as well. Like, we're only in a pandemic and I've only just overcome cancer. Like, why not multitask? Yes. But I uh, probably should have left it a bit longer. But, hey, why not? You live, you live and you learn. Now, I want to delve into another a bit of a different topic, which is this whole perception that, you know, once treatment is over, you're fine. And I, I, for me, I think I noticed it more when I started looking healthy again. So my hair started growing back. I started putting makeup on again. <laughs> um, you know, I started making a bit more of an effort and I could get out and about. You know, I wasn't as scared about leaving the house or, or, or doing those normal things, if you like. I, I felt like people seemed to kind of forget the enormity of what I was experiencing, both in my personal and, and professional spheres of life. And I don't think it was because anyone, you know, had any ill intent. But I think that once you start looking physically a bit better, the assumption can be very easily made that, oh, she's fine now, it's, it's all okay, whereas in reality for me it, it was very much not fine and it's something that I still think about every single day of my life and it's not as, um, not necessarily in a bad way but it's certainly a point of reflection when you're going through, you know, your daily routines and remembering how life was, what you experienced and how good you're feeling now. It's definitely still something that's top of mind. Um, did you guys notice you know, this kind of change in perception or change in reaction from other people at all? And, and if you did, then how did you, how did you deal with it? Yep. Um, no, I definitely had a similar experience. And I think a lot of it stems from everyone around you just being so happy and relieved that you're okay. Um, and I also think that unless you're a cancer patient or a carer of a, of a cancer patient, mm. um, you don't really have a full appreciation of the longer term side effects of treatment because mm. a lot of those are invisible. Exactly. Right. So um, I found just, you know, by being open and honest about what I'm going through with others has really helped. Mm. Um, and in particular, sort of the mental challenges around anxiety. Mm. Um, and the fear of sort of recurrence, which sometimes can be actually more debilitating than the physical mm. impact. So talking about it with others so they also understand mm. um, has, I've, I've found, sort of helped sort of um, sort of around me. People around me know how to sort of be around me yeah. <laughs> post-cancer. Mm. So, um, so, yeah. So, yes, I definitely experience similar, mm. similar. Um, I think it's hard as well because it's mm. kind of like, you can't wait to feel better once, you know, mm. chemo or radiation surgery is over. I mean, that's natural. Of course, you're looking forward to not being, you know, stabbed with multiple needles yeah. <laughs> as a regular occurrence. And you're looking forward to being able to say, yep, you know, I beat cancer. That's great. But yeah, that, then at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, you know, how long is this thing going to stay with me? And I, I want people to, I guess, treat me normal, whatever that yeah. means but at the same time still understand that I'm still struggling internally. I, did you experience that at all, Liana? No, I did definitely. I've, I sort of found, you know, while I was going through treatment, people were treating me like I was almost disabled. Mm. I felt, and I, I hated that because mm. I'm so used to being on top of everything. I'm used to, you know, running Super things. Mom. You know, obviously a mum to two kids, you know, married, all of that. Like, you know, you've got a whole life that of other people that you have to manage, exactly. you know. it's. Um, so for me, that was a bit hard, but then also now that, you know, treatment's finished, it's almost like people have kind of forgotten. Mm. And in my head, I'm still like, you know, I've been through this huge, horrible thing mm. and it's almost like it's not acknowledged anymore, but it, yeah. it, it, I don't know how to feel about it. It's yeah. almost like 
you know, it's confusing. I'm like, you know, I've been through this huge thing. I'm not, I'm still not okay, Mm. but you can't see it. Like if you look at me, I don't think I look like I've ever had cancer, you you know, but in my head, it's like, oh, hang on. Mm. I actually had this horrible thing that I went through and I don't know how to, how to feel about it. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Do you feel like sometimes when you meet new people, you like just share it straight away? Yes. You like blurt it out. It's like oversharing, <laughs> oversharing. <laughs> and I have to be really careful as well because <laughs> I'm conscious that, um, yeah, like you said, some, for some people it may be oversharing, mm. especially if, um, you know, they haven't met anyone with cancer before. It's quite confronting mm. to know that someone at our age has had to go through this. Mm. So, um, yes, no, I've, um, I found now that I'm, like Liana said, I look normal. My mm. hair's grown back. Hair. Yeah. My eyebrows <laughs> are, are, are sort of all good now. Yes. Um, eyebrows, thank goodness. yeah, like people I, I know that are sort of, I meet that are new, mm. um, like you, I, I tend to sort of feel like I have to share because mm. I want them to know, you know, that this is what I've been through. And if, you know, if something happens and I, I do feel down or I don't have the same level of en- same energy levels mm. um, that they know the reason why. So, mm. so yeah, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting one. one. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I still don't know, you know, what to, what to share and, and what to hold on to. And it comes out for me at really weird moments. So, for example, I was chatting to a couple of ladies in the studio the other morning and, you know, this is before 7am, my hair's looking a bit wild but you can see that it's quite curly. So it looks like I've perhaps, you know, gone to the salon the night before and then I've just kind of brushed it mm. out. So one of the ladies was like, oh, wow, you know, you have such beautiful hair, those curls. Like, did you did you get your hair done last night? And I said, oh, no. And they're like, wow, so you're, you've got curly hair. And, I mean, the answer in simple terms is, yes, I have curly hair. But on the other hand, I, I spent the first 37 years of my life with dead straight, <laughs> you know, rather thin hair Mm. so I I, my actual response is well no I had straight hair and now I've got curly hair but how do you say that without saying that I lost my hair because I went through chemo so I literally blurted that out I said oh I don't really know how to answer this question but I actually am growing my hair back because I had chemo so your hair falls out and then you get curly hair they were just looking at me (laughs) fortunately one of them was like oh actually I know someone yeah. Um, who has been through chemo and they also got curly hair, but it went straight. Yeah. But I, I was just sitting there afterwards in class going, why did you just <laughs> tell people that? <laughs> but how do you describe some things exactly. without referencing it? Yeah. And the cancer jokes. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Which we find funny. Like really funny <laughs> and sick. Yes. But we have to realise maybe other people don't quite get it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, the age-old question for you both do you think you've changed because of cancer? Yes, um, I definitely have. I feel I literally don't, I don't let things slide. I used to sort of, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm tougher. I'm tougher on my kids. I'm tougher on my husband. I just kind of stand up for what I want. Now. Whereas before I think I was a bit softer. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I went through has made me, made me more resilient Mm. Is made, it's made me definitely stronger. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you think that they've noticed that change in you? I think so. I think so. Because before I would sort of second guess things and question things, whereas now I'll just make the decision. And it's mm. not a conscious thing. It's just what happens. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? 
I feel like, you know, because I did, you know, we've gone through this horrible, huge thing that, you know, could have killed us. Mm. It's almost like it made me sort of, I know it sounds really cliche, but, you know, you kind of see your life and Mm. you go, life's really short and this could have killed me. Mm. I'm not going to waste my time doing things that I don't want to do. So true. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's definitely had Mm. an impact. Kind of shakes you up a bit, doesn't it? Definitely, yes. I think, um, you know, for all of us it kind of came completely out of the blue as well. So you can't help but do that moment of reflection and just stop and go, oh, actually, I'm halfway through my life already. Better maximise that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What about you, Anna? Do you think you've changed because of cancer? Yeah, I think similarly it made me pause and prioritise what's important in terms of people and the passions that I want to invest my energy and time in because, Mm. you know, life is short. Mm. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, for anyone, yeah. right? So um, with the second chance that I've been given, like I just now want to spend the time that I have or I try to anyway um, with the people that make me happy and doing the things that make me happy. Mm. It's just like making music videos. Making music videos. Going on TikTok. Going on TikTok. <laughs> Drinking doing these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so once the borders open, travel, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think, you know, Similar to Liana, it's just made made me sort of prioritise mm. and really focus my energies on on what makes me happy. That's awesome. That's actually a bit of a blessing in, in disguise. I think um, for me, I think despite, you know, the whole cancer experience being far from over in, in a lot of respects, it's probably reinforced who I am, what I stand for, and, again, just like what you have both said, what's important to me in life. I'm not sure that I had, you know, some kind of breakthrough or a light bulb moment as such. But I think, again, as you said, Liana, the test of your resilience, both your physical and mental resilience that you experienced during particularly that active um, treatment stage really forces you to focus only on what matters and only on what is actually going to get you through. And I remember being really conscious of that focus and not wanting to lose that once treatment fell away, uh, once treatment finished and, you know, life started again, um, I definitely have no issues in letting things go that aren't working for me, which is pretty empowering and just allowing myself to enjoy the things that that add to my life more on a day-to-day basis. I think I used to focus a lot more on the longer-term planning, the what-if scenarios, if you Mm -hmm. like. But now I'm more focused on, you know, the small things each day which ladder up to a pretty enjoyable life overall, I have to say. Now... Thank you both so very much. We have covered a lot. I'm exhausted actually, but in a good way. I feel like I need to go and have a cocktail now. Uh, So thank you both very much for joining me today. I hope I can have you both back in future for this unpaid podcast. (laughs) Um, Do you have any other, you know, tidbits that you'd like to share with the listeners out there? I know a lot of folks that are listening uh, are experiencing cancer themselves. So they might have had a recent diagnosis or they're partway through the treatment pathway. I also know there's a lot of folks that listen that are supporting someone that is experiencing cancer. So a- any words of advice? Oh, Liana, help us out. <laughs> <laughs> I think, look, for me, what's what's been the most helpful is talking, talking to people. Mm. I found, you know, my relationship changed. Mm. My marriage, you know, I've been married for almost 10 years and it changed because mm. of this whole cancer thing. Um, being really honest with what you need, being really open, asking for the help. Cause I was always, I never asked for help. Mm-hmm. I always had to do everything. Yeah. So having to, to do that has been, it's been different, but it's, it's important. Mm. 
So for me, just being really, really open with communication and and being very honest about what you need and what you don't need. Yes, so true. Yeah. Very good advice. Thank you. <laughs> um, similar to Liana, it's not being afraid to ask for help. Mm. And I I think one of the best things that came out of this was actually meeting you girls. <laughs> so, um, and so having people that look like you are sort of at the same stage in life as you mm. to sort of lean on and to talk to mm. um, and to sort of, um, you know, just be, the, you know, there to sort of pick up the phone when you're having, you know, you're feeling something yeah. and you just don't know what it is, but you just need to tell someone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an because, emotion. <laughs> because they felt it too. Um, yeah, so it's, it's reaching out, asking for help and finding that network of people mm. that, um, you know, that have, that have been through the journey. Big time. Yeah. Um, been through a similar journey to you that look and sort of look like you and sort of at the same stage in life as you is really important. Exactly. Big time. I, I agree with both of the things that you've said and I think for me, not that I ever had a problem in saying no, but being even more selective mm. about, you know, where and with whom I spend my time um, has been a big learning and something that I definitely recommend that if you're going through the cancer experience that you that you really have a think about as well, um, particularly when you're going through treatment and you just don't have a lot of energy to throw around, um, you really notice yes. <laughs> who's there, who's not, who's making a difference to your life and you also really notice um, what's actually enjoyable for you. So, so don't lose sight of that focus and I think that it'll give you something to hold on to even when the days get really long. Mm. But for now, we'll wrap it up. I think we need some food. I do personally. Um, so thank you both very much for joining us. And to all of you listening along at home, thank you. Uh, you've been listening to Oh, It's Cancer, the podcast.